Phil Clark. With me is the co-host of my podcast, uh, for, at least for the last few anyway he's been with me, Mr. Ken McMullen from Hot Fine Brewing. Uh, buenos dias, Phil. Buenos dias, uh, Senor McMullen. I'm glad to be down here. And Oh, I shouldn't say the beans. I'll let you do that. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> he was about to say, and you may hear a little bit of noise in the background. We'll get to that very shortly, but you've uh, he was about to say that we are down in Romeoville, and um, we are at Metal Monkey Brewing Company. You have long been not here, if that's the <laughs> way to put it. We haven't been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute, yeah. In fact, I was looking it up. Oh, I, I should introduce these guys first. Mm -hmm. Okay, with me uh, is Ken. Across from me is one of the co-owners and brewer. Jason Jane's oh, good. He's introducing himself. Yeah, right. I like that. And then the other man is uh, co-owner and brewer. Dan Kim. There they are. The boys are back in town. <laughs> I, as I was saying, um, I look back and it was the last time we got together was during the pandemic when mm. you did a Zoom. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. we were yeah. doing uh, trying to you know fight COVID in right. own way. Right? I think we were in your basement. Uh, no, you were here. Well, I, 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 I know where yes. I was, but, yeah. but that's where we were virtually there. <laughs> yeah, virtually. That's yes. right. There we go. <laughs> um, and that was all good. But then um, you guys have just had your seventh anniversary. So you've been going for quite a while. You've yeah. passed the five-year mark. I said to Dan, hey, you know what? It'd be cool if we came down and had a little retrospective to go back and find out <laughs> what those seven years of heartache has produced <laughs> to you up to now. Um, and so I guess my first question is, how did the seventh anniversary go? I, it went amazingly well. We, we had events uh, planned for the whole weekend. We're open nowadays, uh, Wednesday through Sunday. So we had an event planned for every day along that uh, time frame, uh, various themes, just to Try to bring people together that have been hanging out here coming out and, and supporting us throughout the years uh, and had a few different things going on we had uh our record night uh we had bring your own records uh we had a couple of live bands playing and uh, jason can give you some more detail about that i think yeah yeah we did uh you know we did our we do wax wednesdays every wednesday so we started our week with that okay you know, people bring in their vinyl we, we get hip-hop we get uh we've what do we have we had xanadu the other week like we get a little bit of everything so yeah. we don't Santa. it's not just metal on the vinyl you can play whatever you want and then yeah, over the weekend we had two local bands backlash and endgame on friday okay so we had two cover bands uh, a megadeth and a pantera high speed dirt and sandblast and skin on saturday night sunday we had a group of uh, younger musicians they're called don't matter to me uh, the lead singer, she's 22, but the rest of them are just under 20 years old, and they are amazing. They were so good. 
So it was cool. a fun weekend, a loud weekend, but a productive weekend. Yeah, we, we had some new beers we introduced. One of them we'll be getting into uh, in a little bit here. Um, and and th- thank you for bringing it up. Absolutely, no, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Brit and Yankee podcast without us sampling some of your beers. Absolutely. So and that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, I said to you guys, go and pick like three or four beers that you want to focus on that, that you know, we, like us to taste so he did that Mm -hmm. he's brought back a fantastic selection here and we are drinking one that um well i'll let you describe it first of all the name so it's called breath of pestilence what Uh, what a lovely name (laughs) sounds delicious doesn't (laughs) it (laughs) oh so we made this beer in collaboration with a doom metal band from denver called glacial tomb that we debuted at the decibel magazine metal and beer fest in denver at the beginning of december uh, so we worked with the band. Dan and I did a lot of communicating, and it was kind of Dan's idea. So, yeah, I, uh, I so the original idea um, when we kind of pitched the idea to the Glacial Tomb guys, we were told that they're not huge into craft beer. Uh, later, we found out that they don't really drink at all. So they uh, they know plenty of people that like beer, enjoy beer around the Denver area. So they were kind of kind of okay with whatever we wanted to do um my original idea was i've always wanted to make a czech pilsner because we've never brewed one here before and it's a style i absolutely love um and to make it a little more unique our original idea was to add uh blue spirulina to it to give it a that kind of cool icy blue color to it um unfortunately the ttb was not okay with that so we uh before just before we had the labels printed we had to change the plan and uh do something a little bit different uh but like i said the guys in the band we were told we're not big beer drinkers so one of the things i wanted to specify is very much so this is just a beer flavored beer if you're expecting what you expect beer to taste like this is kind of it you know what so spirulina is just like it's a, a coloring or something it's a yeah, byproduct it's a, from algae yeah it's an extract oh. from algae that okay. has a blue kind of coloring to it and it's oh, wow. a, it's a very very pronounced blue color oh, um so yeah it, it we thought it would be a neat idea uh just slightly gimmicky but uh but That's, kind of fun speaking, not really take away from the flavor of the beer and speaking of gimmicky with our like dan was saying we want a beer flavored beer so we actually put it on the label yeah, at, the, at the bottom yeah. of the label we <laughs> told our our label artist please specify that this is a beer flavored beer because people are going to question uh yeah if you guys i don't know if you've had a sip yeah I've, if I've, not yeah. well um i've tasted it and i think that it is uh refreshingly uh straight up yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's a good beer <laughs> it's a pretty simple uh grain bill on that too it was all uh czech pilsner malt uh from the czech republic uh all saws hops and uh yeah just a nice clean tasty beer so um you do you serve this from a side pour or do you just have no just regular tabs yeah we don't have a lucre tab yeah we yeah we haven't dipped into that yet yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe at some point but yeah yeah. well we we are and and i I should tell everybody that we're we're actually um down here you just opened it's a thursday just opened at two o'clock you got plenty of people in there because i said hey there's people going in there and i went oh Mm -hmm. they open it too and um so that's that's all good but we are in the back room stuck in the bowels of we're stuck in the bowels of the workplace and uh, initially there was some noise going on in the background because there is a little bit of construction going on uh in the room where they hold where you do your bands right exactly yeah Yeah. they uh so if if people have not been here in a while we've uh 
from the time we originally opened when we first did an interview with Phil, um, we've got double the space that we had back then. So we host live music, like Jason was talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, in the other room, we've built out a small stage there and uh, that's, it's just basically a more tap room space, but uh, we're in the process of making some renovations over there right now. And uh, not sure how much detail we'll go into on that, but I think yeah. that's enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll let everybody we come Keep an eye it. to the website and to our social media yeah. for the big go. unveil. So you talked about when we first did uh, an interview, and that was many moons ago. I think it was. It was grand opening. I think it was grand, grand opening. Right? Yeah, yes. standing at a table in the front talking to you. That's right. Yeah. It was busy and that there. was through a, a guy who I knew. I, I think you knew him, Ken. But he was a bartender at John's, John's Tavern, Tavern in Winfield. Yeah. long gone now, but he's still around. John Parsons. Mm -hmm. So kudos to him. He said, "You got to come down." A friend of mine is going to open the brewery. I went, wow, that's, you know, right up our alley. Right. So we came down and we did an interview there and that was seven years ago, years. right? Yep. So let's take a, a, a trip back in time now <laughs> to that point and go back to when pre-opening, when you first decided to uh, take on this farm, air, air quotes, farm project. Oh, wow, so, this is coming back. Back uh, before yeah, we lost yeah. our minds. Yeah, right, yeah. Back before. So, so how, did it all, how did it all come um, I, Well, I guess it came about through homebrewing. Um, you know, I, I, I was an avid homebrewer. I started homebrewing, I think I was 22 years old. I had gotten laid off from a job and was just bumming around my parents' house, trying to pick up work and, uh, Ended up seeing a TV show where they were talking about homebrewed beer. I, it never occurred to me that you could make beer at that point in time. So I was like, oh my God, this is a thing. I, I'm going to go buy a book on this. And I bought uh, the, the, was it the Complete Joy of Homebrewing? Um, oh, yeah. I, is, that, is that multi natural? Uh, no, that oh, was, was uh, Charlie Papazian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and the, so I got my start in homebrewing back then. Uh, I, well, it was, yeah, I think I was 23 by the time I actually brewed my first beer. I didn't. I didn't brew when I was living with my parents. My, my father, he's up here helping with some of the renovations. He he stopped drinking a long time ago, so just out of respect to him, I didn't want to make and have beer in his house. So <laughs> I waited until I moved out to make my first beer. And uh, what, years later, when I joined a homebrew club, I met Jason there. Yeah, Jolia Brewers Guild, many years ago. Uh, Dan and I didn't know each other as kids or growing yeah. up. Turned out that we grew up about seven minutes from each other. Oh, really? Across the same path as kids riding our bikes and yeah. same same restaurants mm -hmm. our families went to. So kind of uh, fast forward and we end up living 10 minutes away from each other now in different, you know, Romanville, Joliet area. Oh, right. so okay. It's been a wild ride, to say the yeah. least. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, many, many years ago. Much smaller place, much smaller equipment. A little bit more hair. I think well, I had more. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and I think, Ken, you were saying, uh, I remember at Midwest Brewers Fest. Uh, yeah, even we before a, we opened. We had a homebrew tent. Yeah. Yeah, that was And that, that was huge. With all booths. And right. I remember you guys doing. That's kind of where we thing. debuted our thing, or that Midwest Brewers Fest. Yeah. yeah. We were there a couple of years before we Yeah, we, we up. I, I, is, I think as soon as uh, the, there was some something preventing us from pouring there at one point in time but as soon as it was allowed we you guys were gracious enough to let us pour our beer there and we met a lot of people that still come in to this day at that fest yeah. which is really wild and it's awesome <laughs> that's pretty cool so you you were home brewers what what gave you the idea to put this plan together well 
a lot of drinking, I yeah. guess. I, I, like, <laughs> just, yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're, you're having a night of drinking with your friends and you're like, you know, yeah. what if we did this? Like, we're ta all talking about the beer we're making. And uh, uh, I think I, by the time I met Jason, we may have already been talking kind of yeah, casually think, about opening I, a brewery. I think Dan had already been talking about it. You know, I got that homebrew itch. I was like, oh, let's open a brewery. And then you read about what it takes. You're like, no, forget this. <laughs> like, you know, you can get a lotion for that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Rub it off yeah. and go away, you know. Uh, and, you know, Dan and I both worked third shifts for corporate America oh, doing okay. IT. And once we got to become friends through the homebrew guild, we would talk on the computer and then it spiraled into, I right, let's, we both hated our jobs. Let's, yeah, get, let's, let's get out of this. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> do something else. And Okay, so um, you decided that you put together a business plan, obviously, mm -hmm. and you had yeah. to find the funding for it. Right. So that's some of the issues that, you know, everybody has oh, to yeah, have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And was it any easier, do you think? Was it any easier finding the funding in those days to what it is now? Probably because, not. Because, probably let's not. face it. Yeah, yeah because like, I, on a, back then it was really friends and family who were yeah. willing to take a gamble okay. on, a, on us. A lot of DIY, yeah. a lot of... And put it yeah. together, you know, all the tables and uh, the bar and the light fixtures. We built everything. Yeah. So anything that didn't have to be done by someone licensed by the village and permitted, then you know we built and it. We built it ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And even the home, even the stand, the, the home brew stand. Dan and his dad. Yeah, we all that uh, Yeah, my brother Mike, my dad, and I. We welded it all together in my garage. But we, the, our original brew system, and it got us by for a couple of years. It, it things were great, but uh, yeah. obviously you guys have been here now, and you see we've yeah. grown a, a little bigger since then. You upgrades. So. Yeah, yeah right, right. Nowadays we're brewing off of a ten barrel system from Quality Tank Solutions out of uh, out of Wisconsin. Uh, they fabricated it for us, uh, uh, we, along with a bunch of twenty barrel fermenters. Uh, during the pandemic, we picked up a couple extra fermenters as well as a new keg washer. So we were fortunate enough to get a couple of tools to make our jobs a little easier. I think one of the, one of the biggest upgrades we did too was right before the pandemic, we bought our own three head uh, Twin Monkeys canning line, which. I think really was crucial oh, yeah. for us oh, getting wow. through COVID. I, I, because I don't know that we'd be here if we didn't have that canning. Line. Both of them, yeah, because yeah. you know we were doing mobile canning like a lot of people, and it was a lot of overhead involved with mobile canning. Yeah. So what what problems did you encounter with the the startup and the design of the brewery? Because you you got to find somewhere to, to put it mm -hmm. number yeah. one, and then you know how did the building was it like free reign or were you able to design it? to your need well finding the location was a little bit of a challenge at first uh you know i my wife and i uh, you you ran into her earlier uh yeah, brandy, right brandy yeah we live in romeoville here and uh so we were looking around in this area and didn't really see any commercial spaces uh that were viable that were even big enough for us you know there was like maybe like 1500 square feet with an office already built out in the front and you know, we we were thinking we'd need at least three thousand square feet for to have brewery plus tap room at that size, with still giving us some room to expand. Uh, when we came upon this building, this is this building is, uh, has mostly been empty since like the late '90s, I believe, um, maybe early, early two two thousands or thereabouts. But um, when we first looked at this building, there were no walls up from the end of the building to unit 400 and we're in unit uh, 800 right now so there it was just a big open box um once we had that idea or once we saw the space and uh they put up the demising walls after we signed the lease um you know i in my all my spare time i i mocked up a couple 3d models of what i thought the space might be able to look like and uh one of the big things that we didn't realize at the time either was we were going to need to hire an architect to 
draw the plans for where all the electrical is going to go, where the HVAC is going to go, where the plumbing is, where the floor is going to get dug out, uh, where the uh, sprinkler heads are going to go. So that was one of the big question marks that we didn't really know until we were knee deep into it, um, unfortunately. Well, um, you've certainly done a good job here. And I have to say, you've also done an excellent job with mm. this chat. I'm you? glad you like it. I, I love to do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are delicious. Um, so I think we'll take a quick break and come back, get another beer. Okay. Then we'll find out a little bit about how you designed your tap room. have another beer in front of us I'm very glad to say you have chosen one which uh, I would have called it something different but you called it horns up horns up yeah I would have called it tits up but tits I don't know like that that's a pretty safe when something dies <laughs> right tits there you up, go. Right? <laughs> so uh, uh, but you've called it horns up and I'm assuming that's because it's another relative uh, relation to your your metron metal yeah. theme yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll let Jason explain yeah. that one he was Big involved with the uh, the whole process on that one. So this one is actually uh, another collaboration that we did with Q Rock Radio 100.7 and their uh, program director, morning, morning host Elwood, Elwood in the morning. Uh, so horns up is his Elwood in the morning. His his uh, his sign off at the end of his show is at the commercial breaks. You know, stay metal, horns up. So that's where the name came from. Okay, uh, he's, he's on the low. He's on the label. We wanted a light drinking beer that you could drink year-round but have a little bit of you know a little flavor to it so we went with the the, the golden blondale lighter beer and then we added the blood orange back to it because it's got to be metal so orange would be cool but blood orange is better. That's yeah. so that's more metal so that's why we went that route this is a light drinking beer you know he wanted something that you could come back to over and over again mm -hmm. they do a lot of live remotes and they do concerts and you know we have the beer at uh, you know different festivals and, and whatnot too and you want something that people will come back to and, you know, not a one and done, maybe like one of the other ones that we'll try later are. So it's, it, it was a fun beer to make with him. You know, we do a lot of uh, promotion with them. They're, they're great people. The radio stations are a big supporter of local business and bands. So that's, it's a good tie in for us. We love working with those guys. Ken, I like it. That's, uh, you know, the risk of adding fruit is that it overwhelms beer, but yeah, right, right. Restraint in this one is subtle and it adds we, to the beer. We no. try with any of our beers, even like a lot of people know Bikini Bottom, like it's a lot of pineapple, yeah. but we try to not. It's we don't want you to drink a smoothie. It's not. Right. It wasn't intended right. to be a thick. You don't need a spoon for it. So. We still so want to remind people that they're drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, I, as I, just before we came on it back again, I said to Jason. Uh, this is going to be challenging for me because I'm not a big orange and beer mm. guy. I don't like orange and anything, orange and chocolate or anything like that. Sometimes it can be okay. I get a real, uh, a real orangey, juicy, mm -hmm. but not like the hazy orange juice. Right. I, right. Get a, I get a crisp orange juice from this, and I can tell that it's, you know, I don't know why it's not red because <laughs> it's a blood orange. Blood orange, orange right. But um, it really is almost going towards the rind. You know how when you when you grate the rind, right, rind. right, so yeah, it's almost there, but it's not quite there, which is good because then I wouldn't like it. <laughs> so I would say yes, I think I like this beer quite as it is. I don't think I'd 
have more than yep. perhaps a, a snifter right. of it. Understandable, but, but, yeah. You know, but I can see why it's a very popular it's beer. Keep your scurvy away, for sure. It will yeah, keep my exactly. scurvy away. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever made the, the, the base beer by itself? Uh, we've made a different version of it, not the exact same one. Uh, we've, it's, I can't remember. The were different in it. We've, we've done a, a golden ale, blonde ale, a couple different ways uh, in the past. One other way we did with fruit one other time. We did something in the past where it was... More golden ale than blonde. You know, it's kind of that line. We, years ago, though, it's been a while since we've done just mm -hmm. the base, though. I think that was years ago was the uh, Jane Goodall beer. We oh, yeah. We used I, to have one. I think it was called Goodall Day for Jane Goodall okay. monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to your journey through this, this All right. uh, fun, fun ride. <laughs> um, when we first came down here, you had a tap room that was uh, fairly straightforward. Mm -hmm. In one corner, you had couches and you still got that couch We'd, in there uh no the oh, couches are gone now oh, the couches yeah, are gone you were oh, we got her. Oh, that's right i was standing there and yeah. i didn't realize the couch kind of our new little uh, vinyl lounge that we use you know the, uh -huh. the record player stays out there a lot during the week and uh you know on thursdays today we get a lot of uh, regulars that come in and they okay. kind of mill about in that area and it kind of we the couches got old got used and we were like all right let's redo it and <laughs> put some nicer tables yeah. in and you've also now got another space where you have your bands, mm -hmm. and correct? Currently, what you're doing, and, and it is connected to the tap room. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, it was just this side. Yeah, originally it was, it was just, just the other side. side. Yeah, right. it was. A, so when did all that change? Year happen? two, we cut in the hole that we're sitting right by now, and then we opened this up, and it was storage until year four. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we year four, we. We've Ironically, we cut a hole in that wall like a week or two before the anniversary. We have this thing where we like to do everything right before yeah. we need to get it done. It's <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you're a procrastinator. Did you ever see those shows on Discovery just... Channel where like we have to rebuild this car in 72 hours? <laughs> exactly. That's what we're doing. I, I think during the anniversary party, I told Jason it wouldn't be a Metal Monkey event if we weren't down to the last minute and something was about to blow up or fall apart. <laughs> but, you know, it's good. We've expanded it. We're growing it. We're, it's very, very, we, yes, we... We went sideways in year four. So I think since anniversary four is when the current setup has been as its layout. And yeah. that most people know there's a secondary cooler on this side, this the smaller stage. And, and like I said, now we're doing some upgrades at this side and it'll be a, a, a bigger flow, a bigger a bigger use for people. Uh, we do a lot of private parties and rentals. Uh, you know, we get a lot of birthday parties, a couple wedding receptions. So baby showers, we have a baby shower. We had a baby, yeah. she, she's what, five now? She, yeah, yeah. the, the first the brewery, uh, the event that baby. we hosted in this space, uh, she's now, yeah, uh, four or five years old and has a, a younger sibling as well, <laughs> wow, which man. is wild. They were all here, the whole family was here she's, she's, she's for the anniversary. Nicely, exactly, yeah. 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 She's got a good color. We did she's a got furry event. Great yeah. fake idea. Degree. Yeah, we did the furry thing, yeah, with uh, you and Kevin, yeah. So what, you know, what brought about your decision to do that? I mean, you know, when you first start up, you've got to get your flow of beer going. Yeah. yeah. Were you canning in those days? We were not. No, it, no. it was not until I think 2019 when we started canning. 18, 19, yeah. Um, what got us started with the the live music is uh, was when we first opened up the space in front for uh, for customers. We were planning to just expand the tap room and we were getting ready to rent a stage for our anniversary party and the cost came back and i looked at it and said i could build this myself for cheaper than it would cost to rent it for the weekend so i bought a bunch of two by fours and plywood and started 
building. Um, I was about halfway through, I think, before I let Jason know I was doing that, and he thought I was insane. And then we brought everything here and started putting it together. Uh, had a lot of a lot of help from some local people that uh, beer lovers and such that just decided to come by and give us a hand. Um, Can you approve the night before the anniversary? Yeah, the original idea was give him a hand. Uh, very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the original idea was that uh, the stage, we would be able to take it apart and put it away when we're not using it, ex keep the tap room open. Once it was assembled, we never nope. took it apart again. <laughs> <laughs> Until Monday. Until Monday of this week. Yeah. Oh, and now it's been put away because you're, we're doing some Because we're doing some renovations oh, up yeah. there, yeah. So when, when you did it, do you, do, do you have to get some sort of okay that it was safe oh yeah we yeah the <laughs> the village had to come by and inspect everything okay. and, and they're uh, romeoville uh they're some people might say they're a pain about that but they're really good about making sure everything is safe um yeah sometimes the the detriment of the people constructing things because budgets go over but that's okay we they get the job done and they they've been super helpful with all of our construction projects uh, so yeah, uh, we had to get there okay, but it wasn't that hard because we built everything super sound and solid and have licensed contractors, uh, like Jay said, to the extent that we need them and yeah. anything else is still pretty DIY. We've got both mine and Brandy's dad up front working on the renovations now. So still a small family operation, I guess. Oh, well, that's good. That's always good. Um, so you guys will well know as we actually talked about really of your involvement with music especially heavy metal and you know music and bands and it obviously has affected this brewery because you've done collaborations with them so is that is that something that you're going to continue on doing it's it's kind of like your passion if you will i i well speaking for myself i i love the idea of working with different bands um i think we've we've done a number of collaborations that haven't really gone as well as we thought they would uh, uh, commercially um we still love working with and making beers with whoever wants to but we've kind of decided at this point that we need to make sure that it if we're canning or making a huge batch of it that it's something that's going to actually move because uh, you know yeah. At the end of the day, we're here to sell beer as well, not just so what's make, the, what's make the, some fun things. It's a trick. It's a, and it's tricky because like, you get a lot of bands in here, and I personally, I'm not a musician. Like I know we know tons of musicians, so I don't know what it yeah. takes to do what they do, and they don't know what it takes to do what we do. So a lot right. of times, we're like, "Hey, we're playing a show there in two weeks. Can we make a beer together?" You're like, eh, that would have been a conversation for <laughs> a few months, months ago. ago. Yeah. So that's an interesting aspect of it. That you know, but I, we love working with the bands. We've met so many amazing people and bands, and traveled yeah. to go do beer fest yeah. in other cities to pour our beer for at heavy metal shows, and that in itself is. Cool. Right. So, it's, so has it opened doors for you guys to like meet people? For sure. Maybe uh, I mean, I can, oh, yeah. it absolutely I, has. Yeah. I mean, we oh, were just cool. in Denver in December, and uh, a band that Dan and I both are big fans of, Chemist. Uh, half of the band is in Glacial Tomb, so that was cool to meet then. And then the lead singer from Chemist was there as well. So we got to meet those guys, and it's kind of neat. And then, you know, just even the, the local guys, you realize how good these guys are. That mm -hmm. You know, there are tons of tribute bands that are equally as good, but these local bands that sometimes might get forgotten about, and that's what we like. We're giving them a, a stage, and a lot of these guys love that. And it's awesome to fill this place with a couple hundred people or 200 people and say... And they're super passionate about the music as yeah. much as they are the beer, and as much as we are about the beer, too. Yeah. So it's super cool. And it's interesting because in England, you know, 
Iron Maiden. Tr is it Trooper? The Trooper, mm -hmm. yeah. The Trooper is such a good beer. That's made by Robinson's Brewery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the members of uh, Iron Maiden who had the recipe and yeah. actually is now involved in the brewery. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think Bruce Dickinson is singer. Right? I think he's the, the one that's uh, you told involved with that. him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I met him. That's right at, at uh, that CBC. CBC in Nashville, I think. I, we weren't wow. there. Yeah, I got pictures from everyone I knew that was there. Yeah, saying, hey, I got a picture with Bruce. There, were, yeah, 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 we weren't there. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, <laughs> a, he's a like a commercial airline. He's an airplane. Yeah. He's a pilot too. He used to fly <laughs> their nice. commercial jet for made in Yeah, are they together anymore? Oh yeah, there, yeah. Oh, uh, I saw him in Mexico City uh, this past October, and then saw him in Chicago. Was that November? Yeah, we saw a bunch of people down in November. Saw him in the city. Well, um. With the blood orange, I think uh, we've explored the, uh, the the music side of the beer. <laughs> we'll take a real quick break again, come back, and uh, we've got yet another beer. In fact, we've got two, so we'll probably finish up these two in this segment because you've got a fly fruit fly issue going yeah. on here, and they're going doors after are... one of these beers specifically. I know, they, they love this one. All, yeah. the, all the doors opening and closing with construction have brought oh, yeah. all the yeah. We've, we've Unseasonable warmth as well. All right, back to the set. Right, so we've shagged off all the flies, and we are about to drink the beer that they seem to like, which is... Oh, this is the Gnostic Mass. It's a new... What uh, the hell is a Gnostic Mass? Mass. Mass. The Gnostic Mass was a book written by Aleister Crowley many years ago, and it's the first a, uh, mention of Baphomet, which is also graces the label of this beer. Another dark... Another dark, heavy metal thing kind that of we reference. Right yeah. <laughs> so it's a... Alistair Crowley was a known serial killer and kind of a psychopath. And the book that he wrote is what we named the beer after. Okay. Well, another upbeat. Another upbeat. Here we go. Let's get this in. What is the style? Yeah, we're calling this an international IPA because it's not quite a hazy IPA. It's not quite a West Coast IPA. It's about 8.5% and it's got some cool hops from Australia and New Zealand as well as the UK. Why did it take a while? Guess what we were doing when we came up with that style of beer? We were drinking. <laughs> oh, the international IPA, yeah. Dan and I and our uh, new assistant brewer we've had for about seven, seven or eight months, every month. Okay. We're sitting around like, all right, well, we want to make an IPA. We kind of wanted to make a West Coast, but we didn't want to go just classic sea West Coast. And we were having a long day, and we had a few beers, and I was like, we should make an international IPA. We're, we're all like, what is that? And we picked hops from uh, Target hops from UK, mm -hmm. Tahiti hops from New Zealand, and Eclipse hops from Australia. Yeah. They go well. Um, and then we brewed it in America, and the grain that we used came from, I believe it was the two row we get us from Germany. So it's got okay. a little bit yeah. of everything in it. There we go. Uh, um, so it's 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 not quite a hazy, is it? Right. It's, no, 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 it's no. just unfiltered. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I mean, like, and that's why we say it's a reimagined West Coast, because obviously, if okay. it was the West Coast, you'd be able to see through it, and we went the uh, opposite route of uh, not, you know, kind of the hazy, but not the not the feel and the taste of the haze necessarily. Right. So what do you think, Dan? I like it. I like the aroma. I think those hops work well together. And it, it doesn't drink like eight and a half percent either. Uh, it's, it's got a hell of a fight to the mm -hmm. yeah. 
I have to say, that's the, it's really an intense beer. Um, not for the faint-hearted, definitely, <laughs> right. but uh, on the other hand, uh, the Gnostic Mass. <laughs> that's not, it's not super, like, heavy body, though. It's, a, it's got a mm. kind of a medium mm -hmm. right. plus body. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I think I like it. the New Zealand pop tends to take the egg, the orange or the citrus edge. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's kind of like, yeah, I got a little melon going on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah we just little, we kind of wanted we wanted to find something new. We we were searching and researching hops and you know seeing which ones could, would work together and you know flavors would bounce off each other. You know, yeah. we've used so many of the usual ones. We're like, what else? Is out there? Yeah, you know? what's what's new and exciting that we haven't played with before? So we got a style question down. Yeah, well, so they, can, you know so that your style thing kind of leads into this. It's uh, I want to ask about the dick. <laughs> No, not the dick pickle. The <laughs> dill pickle. The dill pickle beer. Uh, ah, yes. yes. So uh, that's a favorite. Yeah. It's kind of become a thing, right? It has become a thing. Right? I, there's, there's several out there. So we we started making that um, when we started making our our goes bikini bottom. I thought that it would be a cool uh, base kind of beer flavor that would work well with pickles. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> just it seemed you know you, you already have uh, kind of sour, salty, so pickles. <laughs> and uh, so we decided to try it one day. Uh, we were, uh, we named the beer Rick. Uh, we were originally going to call it Rich after a friend of mine uh, who hates pickles, by the way. You two know I'm Rich Boob. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah. another British fellow. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were originally going to name it after him and call it Rich, but then the Rick and Morty episode with Pickle Rick came out right about the time we were about to release the beer. So we're like, well, let's change gears and name it Rick after the... That and make the reference to the TV show. Is that why Rich is so pissed off at you? Oh, yeah. Because he's not, he's not got a beard named after <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, I, I, I told him at one point in time, what's the point in having a brewery if I can't troll my friends with beer names? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it has become a thing because the other day I was drinking one, and I can't remember where the hell it was, but I came across it. Somebody said, try it, and I went, okay, so I'll have this. And once again, it's one of those beers that you really don't like to try, but when you try it, it's kind of got some attraction that yeah. you have to finish it. Appeals. Right, yeah, right. You have to finish it. You're never going to have another one for about another five years. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like there's a lot of them out there. It's here, yeah, because I've so, seen, I think, I had Microphone, a, uh, Miscatonic. I had Miscatonic a couple of weeks. Noon Whistle, oh, yeah. Miscatonic was really good. I like that a lot. Hey, good. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. It's it's a thing. So I, are, they, are they paying you royalties? <laughs> no, should they be? I mean, I it's, it's the first, it's the first one I know I saw. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I've seen yeah, other yeah. ones before that. So, so that leads into a question that through your seven years of brewing, mm -hmm. what's the wackiest beer that you've right. ever produced outside of that dill pickle one? And then also, um, what's the best selling beer that you found? My best selling is probably got to be. Bikini, bikini bottom. bottom, yeah. Our uh, pineapple goes bikini bottom. Yeah. It's probably okay. sold. So a beer that we make a lot routinely. This bikini bottom, it sells a lot. It's at it's at uh, guaranteed rate field or Comiskey, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's at uh, what 12, twelve different, different jewel, jewel stores, stores now. So it's at a lot of places. It's all yeah. you know. A lot. Everyone knows. A lot of people know bikini. Not everyone, right. but that's probably I would say our most yeah. popular beer. As far as the wackiest thing, we made a beer with orange zest and pretzels <laughs> once. Oh um, wow. That was a. It was these a challenge. Pretzels, these pretzels were making. Yeah, we me called thirsty. it. These pretzels are making me thirsty. It was a. It was for a fest. It many was years yeah. Ago. It was for a beer fest. It, uh, 
uh, Flesk Brewing we paired up with on that one. It was oh, a collab really? oh, with them. Man, and they're say long gone. Uh, yeah, they're not uh, too long no, gone. not too long gone. But uh, yeah, they yeah. just yeah. heard that they're closing down. That was a fun one. I'm trying to think of other wacky beers. I, I would say one of the weirder ones that people really have taken to that we've now turned into an anniversary beer is our balloon head beers, the multicolor four packs you see sitting over there. So it's yeah. our Berliner Weiss candy sour. Years ago, Dan and I joked, let's make a beer that tastes like Airheads, the candy. And we'd put it off, and we were like, nah, I can yeah. do it. And then kind of like Rick, we're like, it might work in a Berliner Weiss. So we did. Yeah. The first time we made a cherry and blue raspberry, and they're red and they're blue. And we served just those two in the tap room. And I remember bartending the day we tapped them. And everybody in there had at least a half a pour. Even people who came in not wanting them were like, what's the blue and red shit everyone's drinking? And I go, it's candy sour. We're like, what? So they try it. So now we're at the point, three, four years later, mm-hmm. you get it at the anniversary. It's a mixed four pack. This year it's cherry, blue raspberry, grape, and another new mystery. We've done a mystery flavor for the last three years. Last year was cotton candy. The year before was watermelon. So let, for somebody who's <laughs> never had an airhead, and I didn't even know there was a candy like that, mm. what is it? It's a like? chewy, taffy a, candy. A chewy, taffy candy. Yeah. Not like Laffy Taffy, where it's like thick. It's kind of like a yeah, it's very... a little thin strip. Of okay, so, candy so that's and, yeah. By definition, seems to be a a, a sweeter. Absolutely, candy. yes. And you've soured it. We've soured it, but then we've sweet back sweetened it as well. Yeah. Uh, so it it has a little bit of a sour kick to it, but yeah, a lot of the sweetness comes through. So uh, they're they're weird. I mean, like grape, it tastes like grape. It tastes like you're drinking okay. purple. Like, yeah. It's, wow. I'm not gonna. Lie. It's weird. <laughs> and pouring a blue beer is always cool, which well, yeah. I thought the, yeah. the Pestilence would, would have been cool blue. But so maybe on your way out, at least yeah. give one of them a try so you can see them. And... <laughs> I will. Okay. Yeah. Ken's showing me a picture, picture of the yeah. yeah. They're okay. They're everywhere. Every store has them. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, in my <laughs> Anyway, okay. All right. Uh, down to our final beer, final beer. Here, which is one I've been looking forward to because... I love Belgians, right. and uh, this is your Belgian. So tell us about this one. Yeah, Monkey Fuel is a—it's uh, just a very straight-up Belgian triple-style beer. Uh, this was a beer that we uh, or I had homebrewed in the past. Um, it, I think I think the recipe is pretty unchanged from the original. Well, never seen. It's uh, you know the ba- the base malt is basically just Pilsner and. Uh, we add some candy sugar to it uh, to bump up the ABV and dry yeah. it out a little bit. Uh, we ferment it a little warmer with a nice Belgian yeast, and uh, it uh, clocks in around 9.3%. Uh, this is one of our more award-winning beers as well. We've won a couple of homebrew awards for this one, and I think we've won a couple of we awards the, for uh, it. Uh, uh, Belgian beer in the Indiana State Fair a couple years that ago. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold medal okay. for that. Really? Yeah. Cool. We did barrel age it once, twice, I think. Twice. Uh, we're, right when we first opened, barrel. we aged it in a red wine barrel, which was amazing. And then the second time around, we aged it in a brandy barrel. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. How come I missed that? It was oh, very, damn it. it was very I, th- I think I have a couple bottles in my bottle, basement, yeah. so we'll have to share them next time you come around. All right. All right. So, um, so it's a, it's a, it's a big beer. It's a fun beer. It, yeah. it was on hiatus for four or five years just because of COVID and the cost to make the Belgian triple, but we are glad to have it back. The finish is quite light, mm-hmm. but then when you take a first sip of it, you get that alcohol. It's a real rush of brown sugar or something mm. coming through, that kind of thing going yeah. in there. And I'm going, wow, this is going to be real sweet. And it goes away, and then it, and then it, and then it's very nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, I like that you get the little hit of the little hit of the alcohol, and then it kind of dissipates. A little right, bit. I get I get a little clove on the nose. I, yeah. yeah, I like that cloviness, that, that little spiciness. 
Yeah, so it's it's a highly delightful beer, a very nice sipper. Um, yeah. How uh, do you can this now? No, you can get it in a 32-ounce crawler if you're brave enough. <laughs> That's a lot of beer to take home. <laughs> that is a lot of beer. No, we haven't packaged this one outside of any of the barrel-aged yeah. ones. So what does the future hold for you, and how has the changing consumer trends affected you? Because I think everybody has been saying last year they said it, this year they're saying it, the year of the lager, and I think... Um, at a recent uh, guild meeting, there was a panel about mm. lagers, mm. and it, it's obviously becoming a thing. We've had one of your lagers, but are you going to we, yeah. do more of them? Or yeah, I think right now you could probably get four or five different ones. Right now in our right now in our so we have the breath of pestilence with the Czech pilsner, our Romeo pils, which is our. German Pilsner. That's right. We do have that. We have a little bit left of the little offshoot, the offshoot lemon lime Pilsner, which we usually do in the Dan and I as a fan favorite, kind of a little goofy one off. Uh, We also have Monkey Junction, which is a Mexican lager. We do have some of our Oktoberfest left. Uh, So there's those options right now. So we do quite, we do. It started as Romeo Pils years ago. And once we got comfortable with brewing that Pilsner, then we reached we'd be expanded our personally with i think Mexican yeah, lager, lager was next then we through okay with that we're like okay now what else and then i think we had done oktoberfest oktoberfest well. yeah yeah breath the pestilence was a new one for us that we you know i know dan mm-hmm. really wanted to do and i was all about it i was like I, we love lagers absolutely I mean, people always ask what do you drink when you're here and i go whatever's light and they're like why i go because i'm running around half the time i go i can't yeah. do yeah. monkey fuel <laughs> at 9.2 percent at four o'clock in the afternoon yeah, right <laughs> exactly people bring brewers beer and they always bring these big oh yeah yeah and what do we drink we are all drinking like four or five percent right exactly yeah. no there's a couple things i think about this logger trend that everybody's talking about first i think you know in the beginning craft breweries are so freaking busy that you want the beer in and out of your tank so you can brew another one to sell it because you're sure. selling so much yeah. beer now there's there's eight nine thousand freaking breweries yeah so you know, we we're not moving beers fast. The pandemic slowed us down. Right. I think we've got tank space so we can lager beers. Plus, the craft beer drinkers are embracing lagers. Lagers oh, are excuse new. Me, that was my stomach. <laughs> to me, they've always been, you know, the the big beer. And I think it's like you said, it's always been there. You get the wild swings to you know something like a mm-hmm. milkshake IPA, and then it swings back. I. I, 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 we love doing them. I think people love drinking them. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I think same thing. Like, we've all bounced back from COVID, but I don't think it's, I don't think anyone's the same as they were pre-COVID. So there is less people. So you have, like mm-hmm. you said, more time, a little less demand on the tank space. We run into a bus saw, I think, in the summertime with our tank, but everyone, I think, like, but this time of year, yeah, fill them up with some stouts, fill them up with some pilsners, and let's get those beers that you can serve yeah, all right. summer and not right. have to tie up a tank for then, weeks on right. end. Exactly. Yeah. So looking at your um, your future, obviously you're doing some construction work there. Anything else that is in your in, in your plans for the next couple of years? Well, I, I, I think we're this year, a lot of our focus is going to be on beer, uh, getting our beer out to as many people as we can, uh, trying to get as many people to come visit us as we can as well. You self-distribute? We do self-distribute, okay. yeah, and we, we plan to continue with that as well. Um, we're well below any kind of thresholds to not do that anymore, so uh, we're going to keep doing that as long as we possibly can. Um, trying to do bigger, like less events, which might sound counterproductive to getting more people in, but bigger events, more unique events, so, and then sometimes some smaller events that are during the week that 
might not require a big, huge production behind them, but maybe right. it's, a, it's a meetup, it's a, a local right. community group. And then exactly. on the weekends, yeah. we have a, a band, and then you can do a, a sewing thing or a painting thing. Like, we always try to keep something different. We're not just a bunch of angry metalheads. No, no just, and, and, and <laughs> you've, got, you've got these angry metalheads coming in doing a sewing thing. It's also a very bad, it's also a very <laughs> bad misconception of metalheads. We're yeah. a very loving, friendly group. Yeah, I, I understand. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's so, you might have seen a lot of metal shows, myself included. You have the vest with the patches from the band. Yeah. Like, we're going to have right. an event or two where we're going to invite every all the metalheads to come in. So your patches on your vest at the brewery while you drink craft beer. Oh, there you go. I mean, we all do it. We all sit at home, drink beer, sewing our patches on, come together yeah, and hang out with hang each other and, and do it. It's, you know, a, it's your own people that we like. I don't think I know how to sew. So. <laughs> and, that's, and that's part of our event is good to have someone here to show us. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we're working on a lot of cool, like, events that are a little more unique and a little more kind of community building events uh, where we could get all these cool people we've met over the years to just come together and display their unique and be able to some really what a brewery sometimes you got to get the people in the door with something different so that they realize it's not a scary loud heavy metal brewery right like sometimes it's loud and scary sure but not all the time there's a cat (laughs) there's a cat walking around i mean yeah this is down there you should mention the cat because when we were coming ken mentioned it and uh this is the brewery cat right yeah this is amarillo she's uh she keeps the mice out of the grain. She's, uh, she's been here the whole time, right? She's been here most she's of the time. She's about to jump up onto yeah. the... There oh, we go. She is. She's, she's actually just joined us yeah. here. Yeah, right on. She's jumped up on the table. So, hello, Amarillo. How are you? Uh, do you know the way to Amarillo? Oh. There we go. Oh, she's going to rub, rub my, her face on my no, microphone. I'll make sure she there. doesn't. Oh, that's all right. But <laughs> Get a picture of her, Cam. There we go. There we go. Um, hello, Amarillo. How are you doing? Does she... Uh, Catch mini mice? So I suppose you don't know. She eats um, right? She catches. Oh, she's rubbing my microphone. Yes, yeah. I she know. catches a few here and there. Get away from my mouth. She shocked she's, us that once. It kind of looks like a mouse. She shocked us. Mouse. That's probably why she's coming up yeah. here to inspect. <laughs> she shocked us one morning. We came in and there was a little tiny, about nine, ten inch uh, snake by that drain over there that she had bitten the head off. Oh, yeah. wow. So she's protective of our brewery. There's, there's only been once that she's dropped a dead mouse in the middle of the tap room while there were customers. <laughs> in front. And, and most people were understanding that she was just doing her job, but a couple people were a little freaked out, and we had to clean it up and apologize profusely to them. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's right, pretty so, chill. Um, you've been through a lot in seven years. I'm going to ask a final question here from each of you. Mm-hmm. What's the best and the worst? event, time, whatever, that you can remember during that seven years? Well, I mean, the worst times easily, the the shutdowns during COVID, that was horrible. I mean, at one point, you know, we used to have 13 employees and then it was him and I standing in there. It was sad and it was disheartening, but we powered through it. So that was probably, personally, for me, was probably the toughest. Yeah, uh, you know, I, best, I'd, I'd probably agree crazy. about the the worst being during the the shutdowns. I mean, running a business it's always it's always difficult when you have to let people go. That's never easy. That's a, that's yeah, damn right. near impossible. And you're not maybe not impossible, but it's it's so hard uh, that aspect of the job. But um, yeah, as far as like time periods, I'd say during the shutdowns that was the the hardest time we had. Uh, the best. I mean, last weekend or the anniversary, the anniversary. Weekend, seven was great, and the grand opening was overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, we we still talk about it. That grand opening, we had eleven hundred yeah. people come through our doors right. in yeah. ten hours. Yeah, it was, and it was staggering. Yeah, uh, yeah, you guys were both here. Was crazy. Was... Inside the sport's been crazy throughout the years. Like, anytime you do an anniversary, there's not been 
a, a lackluster celebration, right. which is great. It's cool that even during uh, the sixth anniversary, six was uh, three days before we got to okay to put people back inside, and it, people showed up, and it yeah. was great. At that and point, it, we had tables outside and fire pits fire just pits, in case, but yeah. people still came in droves. <laughs> What we need to do, even though we have empty glasses, we always like to uh, say, "Here's to the next seven years, guys!" And cheers to Metal Monkey. Cheers, cheers to you guys. Thank you Thanks guys so much. much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming. I out. guess it's good night from me, Ken, and good night from him. Good night to you all. We'll see you on the next episode. I hope I can get some more of that Belgian triple because it was bloody awesome. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there, man. All right. Any uh, metal people around here? No, they're all they're all gone. <laughs> Brit and Yankee, Brit and Yankee. I'll have a pipe, yo. Go, give us a pipe. You got any tetanus? Uh, oh, pipe, please, Bob. Give me another pipe. <laughs>